give. Father, we thank you for your greatness and goodness that you display to us each and every day. Father, you talked about the exceeding might, Father, exceeding greatness of your might to usward, to usward, Father, who believe. Father, we believe. We believe that you are the great and mighty God. We believe that you are the redeemer of the earth. We believe, Father, that your word is so. So, Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise and honor for these things. We thank you for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness and mercy. We appreciate all the things he's done for us. He's done great things for us. Amen. Uh, let's open up our Bibles to the book of uh, Hebrews, chapter uh, 3. We'll get started there today. And uh, we are uh, continuing on with uh, Dr. Yeoman's book. Uh, this chapter here is talking about the joy of the Lord and the value of the joy of the Lord. And um, she's talked, uh, uh, we talked last week about Psalm 107.20 where it says that he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Uh, and if you look at the context of that, we're not going to go back and rehash all that. You can go back and listen to that service. But uh, those were people who were being foolish and they cry out, cried out to the Lord. And he was kind enough to send his word and heal them. Uh, and their foolishness got them into their own, own, um, their own problems. And yet they cried out to the Lord and he chose to help them. Amen. You know, you look at, you look at uh, like the book of, uh, of Judges and the centuries that they had Judges and it was just the same story over and over again. They would fall into sin. They would choose to go their own route, to, to walk away from the faith of God. The enemy would come in, attack them, put them into slavery and bondage. Uh, they would do this uh, sometimes for 20 years, sometimes for 40 years, sometimes for 10 years. They'd cry out to the Lord. He would raise up a judge who would uh, raise up uh, people of faith against the enemy, they drive the enemy out. Thank you, Lord, we're so thankful that you did that. We're gonna go back to our sin. They'd go back to their sin, same thing. Another enemy would come in, attack them, put them in bondage, put them in slavery, take all their children, take all their wives. They'd cry out to the Lord, he'd send a deliverer. Right. Uh, they would go back to sin. And they would, they, the enemy would come in, take over their land, take over everything. Um, they'd cry out to the Lord, He'd send a deliverer. So many times, it's the same, you know, you would think that uh, they would learn from their mistakes, you know. Some people, they never learn from their mistakes. Uh, the only thing better than learning from your mistakes, you know what the only thing better is learning from your mistakes is? Learning from somebody else's mistakes, right? That's the great value of being the youngest of 11. Yeah, I, I don't have to make all my own mistakes. mistakes. I just go, yeah, that right there, note to self. Don't ever do that, right? Uh, and so I didn't have to make that mistake because somebody else made it for me, amen? Well, we've got, uh, the Bible says that these things are written for our admonition. Uh, well, so why did the Lord record all the mistakes of people in Israel? They were written for our admonition, our instruction, so that we could take note of them and go, you know, don't do that, right? Uh, and yet, what do we still do? I think I can do it. I think I can make it successful. How many people have said, you know, I, I, I'll do the same thing, but I'll be successful. Right. That's the pride of youth right there, right? I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. Uh, I'll be successful. No, you won't. 
Yeah, any more successful than anybody else uh, uh, because uh, their failures were failures in allowing the Lord to be God in their life. Uh, and they thought they could be their own God. Well, we will be successful. You know, they made the golden calf. They worshiped the golden calf. They saw Egypt worship golden calves. They saw Egypt worship dead idols for centuries. You know, they were in bondage with Egypt for 430 years. So they saw e Egypt uh, worship dead things for 400 years. We'll do it better than they will. And, of course, they did. They tried to raise up a golden calf. And, and uh, just, sometimes, you know, people just, um, um, the, the pride and arrogance of humanity, you know, I mean, the Lord, the Lord invested us with great intelligence. You know, he's the one who created us. And yet sometimes in our intelligence, we think that, that we are smarter than God. Uh, and, and, you know, the Lord, the Lord, sometimes people get this, this resentment toward the Lord. Well, why do we have to serve him? Well, you don't have to serve him, but there's only, you know, the Bible says you're going to serve something. You're going to, you, you will always, so I'm not serving any, I have no master. Everyone has a master. You know, for all eternity, everybody in, uh, in creation will have a master. I'm, no, I'm nobody's, yeah, you, you die and you find out. You die and you find out who your master is, right? Because you're, you'll, if you die outside the Lord, you will, you will wake up in hell and you will serve that master. Uh, and actually, you won't be serving the devil. He'll just torment you for the rest of eternity. Uh, but uh, well, I'm my own God. Did you create anything? Just go, just go get one blade of grass. Get one, one leaf out of a four-leaf clover. Did you create that? Could you create it? If I gave you all the... Uh, you know, everything in the universe is made out of protons, electrons, and neutrons. There's not anything in the universe not made out of those three things. If I gave you a box of protons, electrons, and neutrons, what could you make out of that? You could make nothing out of it. You could even make dirt. You know, here, make something out of this. I got nothing. I, you know. uh, and, and the Lord created everything out of those three things. Three ingredients created everything in the universe. Uh, and if I gave them to you, you couldn't. If I gave you uh, all the energy, here's a nuclear power plant. You know, here's two of them. Go ahead and make something. You got nothing. Go make something that's alive. Go make a fly. Make a gnat. Just one gnat. You got, and yet somehow we think we're smarter than God. Somehow we think that we'll be successful whereas generations before us have failed. I'd rather look at the generations that failed and go, mm, you know, that didn't work out so well for them. And, uh, and then you, you look back and the, the root cause of it was they had the hubris to think that they could uh, be smarter than God. You know, the Tower of Babel. We're going to make a, we're going to make, we're going to make a tower to heaven. Uh, and that's why the book of Psalms says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. It's not, you don't even know where heaven is. How are you going to build a tower to heaven? Uh, and yet they, they try, uh, humanity has always tried that because, you know, the thing, you can start getting into philosophical questions and I don't want to get into a whole lot of that, but you think about the Lord created us with a free will. And, you know, and it, you, I mean, one way to say it is the, the, the issue with the free will is there's, there's a fundamental flaw in a free will. And it's not really a flaw because the Lord created it, but the, the fundamental issue with the free will is you get a choice. And you can choose good, you can choose not good. That, that's, that's a limit of the free will. Now, an intelligent person who has a free will will make the right choice. Mm -hmm. Humanity uh, is just filled with stupidity. Right? I mean, centuries of stupidity, decades, eons of stupidity. 
uh, because, I, yeah, I know it would be better to serve God, but I'm going to serve myself. Uh, and and uh, I don't know, it's just, uh, you know, that's the thing I, I love about the Word of God is that the Word of God itself is fundamentally designed for you to choose to accept it. It has no power unless you choose to accept it. It has no ability to affect your life until you choose to accept it. Uh, until you make that choice, it's no, it's no different than dead words on paper. It's no different than just black ink on white paper. Uh, it has no more power uh, than that right there. Now, if you choose to accept it, then it becomes powerful in your life. Uh, and so, and in fact, that's what she's talking about here. Uh, so uh, let's start here in Hebrews uh, chapter 3, because we're going to get to Hebrews chapter 3 and then Hebrews chapter 4 here. Uh, so uh, in Hebrews chapter 3, uh, the, the writer is warning, warning them, w- warning the readers of this. It says in verse 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Uh, And so what did they do? For 40 years, they they were in the wilderness. 40 years they saw, it says they saw my works. 40 years. Uh, Did they have faith after seeing his works? No. No. How many times have you heard people say, if I could just see a miracle, if I just see a miracle, I'd, have, I'd believe. They saw 10 miracles in Egypt, and really more than that, because uh, they left Egypt, they went to the Red Sea, uh, the, they saw that miracle, that was the number 11, they crossed on dry land, that's 12, I mean, it, the sea opened and it was dry, that's another miracle in and of itself, because if you just stopped the water from running in, a, in, a, in a, uh, an ocean or a sea, it's going to be you know, six inches of mud in the bottom of it. Uh, they crossed on dry land. Well, that was another miracle. Then they crossed it, and the Egyptian army followed them, and the Lord caused the waters to, to come back, uh, and, uh, and they all drowned in the waters. Well, that was another miracle. So that's just three more miracles just after the ten that they saw that got them out of Egypt. Uh, and uh, within three days, they were complaining to the Lord. They just saw all these miracles. All of those people that were alive that crossed into the, into the wilderness saw all those spectacular miracles that Moses did on behalf of the Lord. No faith. It didn't, it, it didn't cause faith to rise up in their life. It didn't cause them to, to get closer to God because miracles, they will encourage you, but they don't build faith. You know, you can be thankful for them uh, and, and they can cause you to have a, a testimony, but in and of themselves, they do not build faith. Uh, and so you shouldn't look to, if I could just see a miracle, I, I would believe. It's not true. Because, first of all, uh, you're, you're, re, you're demanding and requiring of the Creator that He prove Himself to you, that He proves that He's alive. He, he's not required to do anything. He's already given us His Spirit, He's given us His Word, and, and He said that's sufficient to build faith. And then we come along and say, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it a different way. Because Although nobody has ever been successful building faith in the past by miracles, I will be different. You will not be different. You will be exactly like the 8 million, 8 billion people that's tried that before you who will, will fail in their desire to demand that God prove himself to you. Uh, and and uh, I, you know, I, we were talking about this one time in a Bible study, and this one fellow, he was, he was that way. I just, you know, you think with all the billions of hours of uh, videos on YouTube that somebody would have videoed a miracle. Just one. I just didn't want to see one. 
And so I, I talked to him about what the Lord said. That he said, uh, a, a, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Is that what the Lord said? I think in Matthew chapter 12, right? A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after. They, what, do they, what do they want? They wanted a sign from Jesus, a miraculous sign that he was the Messiah. And of course, uh, P- Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, uh, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. He got it by revelation. He didn't, he didn't determine that Jesus was the Messiah because he saw him raise the dead or heal the sick. He, he realized Jesus was the Messiah because of revelation of faith. When he looked at Jesus, revelation rose up in his heart. This is the Messiah. Uh, and, and so uh, humanity has tried for centuries. I will be different. If I could see a miracle, I would believe. I won't be like all those other people that have gone before me who saw miracles, including the two to three million people that left Egypt uh, in the nation of Israel. I won't be like those millions of people. I will be different. I will see a miracle and I will have faith. You will not have faith. You will, you will be the same person that others, you know, well, that's, I need a big, bigger miracle. I need another miracle. Uh, and so uh, he said uh, uh, in verse 11, well, we're in verse 10. He says, wherefore, I was grieved with that generation. You know, we have the capacity to bless the Lord. I right? bless the Lord, O my soul. Uh, we have the capacity to grieve the Lord. I was grieved with that generation. Well, the Lord's not bothered by my sin. It grieves him. You know, you think about someone who's, who's the most kind person uh, that there ever was. And last thing you want to do is cause them grief. And yet humanity has caused the Lord so much grief. Uh, because he, he pours out his love and his compassion and his miracles to us, and, and we just, we won't, we, we won't believe. We just won't believe that what he says is so. And it grieves his heart. I mean, it says right there that uh, I was grieved because uh, they, they, he said they hardened their hearts. Now, he said, he said uh, harden not your hearts. So he's, t- no, is, uh, what audience is the book of Hebrews written to? Is it written to the lost or to, to the church? church? It's written to the church. So he's telling the church to not harden your heart. You know, a Christian can have a hard heart. And a hard heart is impenetrable. You cannot get past, because you've got to get into the, into the heart to believe, right? For, uh, Romans tells us that for the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And if your, heart is, if your heart is hardened, faith cannot get into that heart. And you're stuck, right? I mean, you're, you're, there's nothing you can do about it. You're stuck. Only, you're the only one who can fix that. The Lord, the Lord is unable to bless somebody with a hard heart. Only they are able to get themselves out of it. Uh, now, he will continue to encourage them to get out of it. He will write words like these words here. Harden not your heart, as in the day of provocation. But the church has the ability to harden, to harden their heart. You know, a lot of churches, a lot of people in a church get their heart hardened because... Uh, of their life, right? Things don't work out, things aren't going well, and they get hard towards the Lord, like it's his fault. And, and, and you know, I could tell, I could talk to anybody, well, here's how you got to where you're at, because I know the word, you know, it's not like I have to be a prophet, you just tell me, what you're, tell me what you're going through, tell me what you did, okay, right there. If you hadn't done that right there, you'd be okay right now, right? And it, you know, it doesn't have to, it's not anything in particular, but, but anytime we step away from the word, then uh, we get the consequences of, of those actions. Uh, and it, it's not to condemn people because it's just, uh, the nice thing is, well, so if I don't do that next time, I'll be good. Yeah, just don't do that, right? 
and do this thing over here, do what the word says. Uh, and so the Lord said, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, therefore, in verse 12, lest there, lest there be in any of you. So he said earlier, harden your heart. Now he said, lest there be in any of you. Now I'm going to add this here. Any of you in the church, because who, who did he write this to? In the church. He said, take heed. See, this is what I said earlier, that you don't have to make your own mistakes. Take heed of somebody else's mistakes, right? You don't have to be, well, you know, I made my bed hard, you know, that's dumb. You know, it doesn't matter. You don't have to make your bed hard. You know, I've made all my own mistakes, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's just, uh, it's foolishness, right? He said, take heed, lest there be in any of you in the church an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Or forsaking the living God. Uh, and so he says that the church has the capacity to have hard hearts. The church has the capacity to have an evil heart of unbelief. Amen. You know, you've got, uh, uh, we're not going to go to all of it, but, but uh, when you talk about the heart, you know, there's a, a progression in the heart of a Christian. The, the Bible uh, wants us to have, uh, he, he talked about in the book of Ezekiel, that he would remove the stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. In other words, a soft heart, right? A soft heart is one that the Lord can plant the seed of the word in there and it'll go, grow and produce fruit. Uh, but you can, uh, you can go from a heart, a, a, a heart of flesh to a doubting heart. You know, I just don't know. I, I just, I, you know, I, I know that's in there, but I just, I don't know if that's for me. That's a doubting heart. You know, you haven't made a decision, but you're, you're not sure. Of course, uh, what does James say about, about a double-minded man? It's unstable and he will receive what? nothing from the Lord. So a doubting heart, or, you know, James called it a, a double-minded man. A double-minded man just means, you know, I know what he says, but I'm not sure. So, you know, you've got two choices. I want to believe it, but I, but I just don't know if I can believe it. So, so you, and you don't know which, one, which, way, which way to go. And so you kind of sit there like a deer caught in headlights. Well, that's a double-minded man. Uh, and, and, and he said they're unstable, uh, and uh, they will receive nothing from the Lord. Now, they're not receiving nothing from the Lord in punishment. They're receiving nothing from the Lord because they're not believing for anything. Faith requires you to, to make a decision. Faith says, I choose to believe that that's so. A double-minded man says, I, I don't know, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, that's double-minded. And you will receive nothing because there's no faith being expended in your life. Amen. So people read those verses like James. He's going to punish me and not give me anything. He's not punishing you. Uh, that your lack of receiving is a, a, a function of your doubt, not a function of the punishment of God. God's not punishing you. Well, I'm going to withhold that from you. He's not withholding. He, he's, not, he, he's unable because of your doubt. Uh, and so that's a doubt. But then you get a uh, doubt is, is bad, but then you can get a heart of unbelief. And unbelief is when you, when you look at the word of God and you say, uh, God doesn't heal. Yeah, but it says that he sent his word and healed us. God doesn't heal. I've, I've made a decision. God doesn't heal. But it says he heals. Yeah, but he doesn't. So you've made a decision. Yeah. Well, you know, your decision is wrong. It's not wrong. It's 100% wrong because it's in conflict with what the word clearly and simply says, right? If he says he sent his word and healed us, well, then what does that mean? He sent his... Uh, you know, when, when I first became a Christian... Nobody told me you were supposed to doubt the word of God. Nobody told me you're supposed to go and go, yeah, that doesn't work. You know, uh, I started in a charismatic church, and so they just said, the word of God is so. 
And I just assumed, maybe naively, that, that the Word of God is so. And it was a long time before I found people that said, well, you know, you, that's not so. I'm like, what? It says it was so. And it was, it was like, you know, to me, it was, it was like finding something that nobody else had ever seen before when I met an unbelieving Christian. How's it even, you're an unbelieving believer. Because we're called believers, right? And yet you're not believing, but you're called a believer. You, so that means you have the capacity to believe, but you're not believing. And to me, it was just like, that's really odd. There's something wrong with this picture. You know, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it just seems like the, you, you see the Word of God, same Word of God I'm looking at, and yet you're looking at it and go, that doesn't work. And I look at it and go, that's amazing. It's in there. I didn't even know that was in there. And you go, oh, wow, look at that. We can be healed. You know, look at that. I can have a sound mind. Look at that. I can live full of joy. And every time I'd read the Word of God, I'd be like, wow, that's, look at that. It's amazing. And then somebody go, that's not, brother, that, you know, uh, you, don't, you, you don't want to be a fanatic. Don't be a fanatic. But it's in there. Well, you know, uh, you know I, had, I had a fellow, I was, I was preaching this, this after I was a pastor, preaching uh, John 15, 7, that if you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it what? Shall be done unto you. Maybe be done unto you. Now, you know, the simple reading of the word says that if you, if you meet the requirements, ask whatever you want to be done. No, no any restraint? No restraint. The only restraint is, are you abiding in him? His word's abiding in you. And ask, right? You've got three things to do. He's got one thing to do. And so if we do all three of our things, it's a guaranteed, right? He didn't say, uh, abide in me, my word's abiding in you. Ask what you will. And I'll take it under consideration. We'll have a vote. But I can't tell you which way. I think, I think we're leaning not doing it today. You know, if you come yesterday, maybe. But today, we're not feeling it today. So, you know, 50-50. No, it doesn't say that. And so when I would read that verse, I'd go, wow, look at that. Look at, I can ask whatever I want to, and it'll, be, it'll be done unto me. Isn't that amazing? And then this fellow comes up to me after church. He said, he said you're preaching false hope. And, and, you know, I mean, I've got a lot of years of education. I have no idea what that means, false hope. I mean, how can you preach False hope. False hope is, yeah, he's going to do it, but he's really not going to do it. But then tell you he's going to do it. But that's not what it says. You know, a, 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 well, I was going to say a three-year-old. The three-year-old can't read. But a second grader could read that. They go, oh, ask what I want to, and it'll be done to me, right? Yeah, wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. And if someone else, uh, it doesn't say that. It's a, that's all it says. You know, well, you know, brother, just... You know, uh, sometimes God will say yes. Sometimes God will say well, no. It doesn't say that. You just made the, you make, you're making up stuff. I'm not making anything up. You're making up stuff that he, he didn't say it that way. You're saying that he said it that way. Just like the, the, in Mark 11, uh, 23, whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed to be thou cast into the sea. Well, brother, that's only spiritual mountains. I'll go back and read it. It's like, it doesn't say spiritual mountains. It just says mountains. So it could be spiritual mountains. But what if it's Dayton Mountain? What if Dayton Mountain's in the way of the will of God? Hey, go throw, get, maybe not the sea, because that's a little far away. Just go and, just go and Chickamauga Lake right there, you know. Well, that's what it says. Well, you can't do that, but this is what it says you can do. Well, why can't you do that? Well, you know, that's too big. Well, too big for who? You know, our, our, our effort to use our mind to, to say the word of God is, is, you know, I mean, your mind is embarrassingly stupid compared to God. I mean, it's just, it's, when you say, I am so smart, the Lord's like, really? 
based on what? What is your measurement? Smarter than a rock? You know, a rock, the Bible says a rock will cry out and worship God if you don't do it. A rock is smart enough to worship create the Creator. And, and you say you're smarter than that, but you won't raise your hands in church? You're, you're dumber than a rock. I mean, even a rock goes, yeah, I, gotta, I, he's the, I have to worship him. A rock, will, a rock is smart enough to know who he should worship. And you're like, I, I, it bothers me to raise my hand. A rock's go, you've got to do it. He's the creator. The, the word of God, when you read the word of God, it just, it's so plain. It's, it's, it's so hard to understand. It's not hard to understand. It's not, it's not, I've had people tell me the, the Bible is hard to understand. It is not hard to understand. It's not even slightly hard to understand. Now, it, it's just, you have to approach it with a standpoint of faith. You have to approach it with, if it says that, well, then that's, that's all it means. It doesn't mean anything else. It's not, not some hidden secret, not some hidden, well, brother, you've got to study and do an exegesis on this thing, and you've got to really go into the Hebrew and the Greek. And No, you just read the thing. And go, oh, yeah, look at that. It's amazing. We, we can have what we say. Uh, and, and so unbelief, unbelief is a decision. Unbelief says, it says I can be healed. I cannot be healed. You've made a decision that the word of God does not say exactly what it plainly says. And, and, he, and what did he call it? What, what did he call that? An evil heart of unbelief. Evil heart. Because it, it is evil to, to say God is a liar. Now, we don't quite say it that way when we say, well, God doesn't heal. You're saying God lied. He put these words, 400-something verses in the Word of God, says you can be healed. Every one of them is a lie. That, that's, that's an evil heart. And, he's, and he, who did he warn not to have an evil heart? The church. How many people in a church don't believe God's a healer? Every one of them have an evil heart in that area. Now, they're not, they're not they're, they would, I, I, I'm not their judge, but all things being equal, they will die and go to heaven. And they will be really surprised. Really, Lord? Yeah. He'd be like, yeah. You know, someone was telling me about uh, there's, there's some churches fighting, you know, in our area. Church over here is Pentecostal church. They believe in healing, speaking in tongues. Church over here is the first church of doubt and unbelief. And, and, and they're, so they're, they're persecuting the church over here, the Pentecostal church, saying they teach false doctrine. God doesn't heal. God doesn't have people speak in tongues. And it's so adamant. I mean, just absolutely, you know. Look at the heaven and be like, what? <laughs> I mean, there's so many people who are going to go into the gates of heaven and they're going to be like, no, all this time? They'll be like, yeah. All that time you could have been healed. All that time you could have been delivered. Yeah. Yeah. All that time. Lord, Lord what was that? You evil heart of unbelief. You know, and then, then, you know, once they realize that, wow, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, too late now, right? You persecuted all my other children on the earth, right? Uh, and it'd be, uh, I mean, it's, it'd be funny and sad at the same time because all those people are so adamant that, that people like us teach false doctrine, false hope. And they'll get to heaven and go like, what? They'll be, they'll, they'll be amazed, right? And then, of course, they'll come up and apologize. I hope, I hope that they, you know, I think everything will be a lot plainer and simpler in heaven because we'll see clearly when we get to heaven uh, and no doubt, even when we get to heaven, there'll be things that, that we believe, even what we call a full gospel church. Be like, really, Lord? Wow, I, you know, I, I just, I never caught that. I, I missed that. Uh, and so, um, and more than likely, you know, faith, the, the Bible says God is a God of faith. He's always had faith. 
So, you know, uh, I don't know what we'll do with faith when we get to heaven. He created all the universe with faith. I mean, maybe there's other universes for us to create by faith. I don't know. But more than likely, people like me will be teaching remedial class in faith to, the, to those who spent all their life on the earth not believing anything, right? it's, but except for salvation, right? They made it to heaven. Uh, and so he, so he said that the church can have an evil heart. of that, See, that's amazing right there. That we can, he called it an evil heart of unbelief. Well, how many things even in, our, in, in your life, in my life, as full gospel, you know, full gospel, uh, uh, Pentecostal believers that we just don't believe? How many people believe that God wouldn't heal uh, someone like me? That God wouldn't forgive my sins? That's an evil heart of unbelief. Uh, God could be good to someone like you. That's an evil heart of unbelief. You know, a person of great faith is, you know, I'm nobody, but God loves me. That's a person of great faith, right? If God loves me, he'll do anything for me. He'll forgive me, he'll heal me, he'll take care of me. Uh, and, and it's simple, childlike faith. He said he would, so, so, uh, so I'm just going to assume he will. That's, what, that's childlike. Jesus said, be, uh, have childlike faith. Because a child, you know, we talked about my grandson this morning. He's, he's 10 months old. Apparently, I didn't say he was 10 months old. I just said he was 10. He's 10 months old. He's got childlike faith. He just assumes mom and dad's going to take care of him. And then grand, uh, uh, grandpa and Gigi are going to spoil him like crazy. And then great-grandmother will be, it should be infinite, beyond measure, right? Uh, and so he just assumes that's so because that's what he sees. Oh, well, yeah, uh, mom and dad's awesome, but, you know, grandma and Gigi, you know, grandpa and Gigi, they're amazing. And then, and then uh, great-grandmother, wow, you know, words, words escape me. Of course, he's only 10 months old. He has no words yet. Uh, and so, uh, see, but it's just childlike faith. He just assumes all the adults around him are there to bless him. He doesn't know anything other than that, that they're there to take care for him and be good to him. And that's, what the, that's the heart we should have. And yet he warned us. He said, uh, uh, if you, uh, today, if you will hear his voice, don't do these things. So he, it's really, he, it's a strong, hey, really, be, listen to what I'm saying. Be, be attentive to what I'm saying and, and do not have an evil heart of unbelief. When you say God does not heal, that is an evil heart of unbelief. When you said that God could never save someone like them, that's an evil heart of unbelief. When you say God could never uh, forgive someone like you, that's an evil heart of unbelief. And, and, uh, uh, and so that's, that's tough, right? Uh, he said, it will cause you to depart from the living God. He said, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. So uh, uh, exhorting means to urge us on to the things of God, right? And exhorters are really valuable in the body of Christ. Uh, Romans chapter 12 talks about the ministry of exhortation to exhort people. Follow God. Love God. He loves you. He's good to you. Not, it's not even preaching. It's just exhorting, encouraging. You know, God loves you. God will forgive you. God will take care of you. That's exhorting us, right? To, to, to exhort us daily. Uh, because you know, if we're left to our own devices, there are some people that if, if they're not exhorted, they will fall into being a, having a hard heart. It says, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So sin is a lie, right? And it will cause your heart to be hardened. Cause your, your heart to be hardened toward the Lord. And, and, and how many people, you know, our, our, our um, logo up there says that the Lord, our mission is to reach the lost and those that have lost their way. See, a lot of Christians have lost their way. 
a lot of Christians, you know, they loved the Lord at one point in time, would do anything for him. And now uh, yeah, they haven't been to church in years. Uh, and, and they'll tell you they love the Lord. They'll tell you they read the Bible, tell you that they pray, but they, they, still, they don't go to church anymore. They just, you know, something happened at church, pastor said something to them. Uh, and sometimes they perceive that something was done and nothing was actually done. I mean, sometimes it's not even real. They just, uh, they saw something that didn't happen. Uh, and he says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold uh, the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Uh, a footnote there says, we are made partners of Christ. If, so the if is uh, on whose side? What's the next word after if? If we. So that means we might, it means we might not. If we. So there's no if on God's side. All the ifs in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation are on our side. If we will, we will not harden hearts. Amen. If we will do, if we will believe, uh, if we will hold uh, the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end, we will be partners with Christ. Well, it, uh, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. So he's just repeating himself. Of course, that's, that's a reference from the old covenant. For some, when they heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by, by Moses. So, uh, there was a couple, right? Uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb uh, were, were two of the few folks who didn't get involved with this. You think about that. Out of all those millions of people, there's only a handful who pursued God, who believed God. Moses, of course, was one of them, but even Aaron. You know, Aaron, they said, hey, Aaron, make us a golden calf. Okay. And he, he made a mold, right? Melted the gold, put it down in there. And then Moses, what'd you do? It just popped out of the uh, fire. I had nothing to do with it. What's that mold over there? You remember the story when, when, um, when the Lord told King Saul to go to, to that one place and kill the king and kill all the cattle, kill everything. Burn everything, kill everything else. If it's alive, kill it. If it's not alive, burn it. And so then Samuel, the prophet, comes to him and says, did you do what, what the Lord told you to do? Yep, I did. And he goes, and, and in the background, you hear the, meh. It's like, what's that? What's that sound? I thought you said you killed everything. Meh. Yeah, I killed everything. Meh. That's just like the Lord, right? He, he's probably, now, now you get ready. When, when I tell you, you go ahead and bleat like a, like a lamb, okay? You, not yet, not yet. Okay, do it now. You know, I'm sure that's like, hey, watch this. They, oh, yeah, I did. I, I killed everything. Meh. What? You know, it's just, it's just like the Lord to do that. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like gold, right? It's just like perfect timing, right? Because, because comedy is all about timing, right? It's got to be perfectly timed, right? Uh, and so, uh, uh, so it's it just uh, so many times we do that, right? Oh, yeah, I did everything you did. What, what about that over there? And, and Aaron's like, uh, what, what happened? Oh, it, just, it just popped out. What's that, what's, that, what's that mold over there from? It looks like a, it's the shape of a, of a calf. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it wasn't me. I don't know. Well, it says signed by Aaron right there. It's got your name on it. Well, yeah, I, I shouldn't have signed it. What a, you know, that's an that's a amateur move, right? Uh, and so uh, it says uh, not all of them came out of Egypt like that with Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and, and to, who, to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. 
So what could they not enter in into? Into rest, right? See, uh, we, should, we have the blessing to rest as a child of God. Just in this life, we can just, you know, the, the, you could have tornadoes and hurricanes, and right in the middle of it, you can be asleep in the hinder part of a ship on a pillow. Just, oh yeah. You can observe, oh yeah, that, that looks really bad over there. Huh? That's, a, that's amazing. That's, see, how, see how big that storm is over there? Uh, not going to come near me. I can see it and observe it. It's not going to come near me. Why? Because I'm at rest. Not, aren't you concerned about it? Well, no. Why? Because he said he would take care of me. He said he'd, he'd give his, chain, his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways lest I dash my foot against a stone. To keep me in how many ways? All my ways. You know, unless you drive 56 miles an hour and 55, you know, then angels can't, you know, they don't, they don't fly that fast. Uh, and so, uh, but he said, um, who, who was he grieved with? Those who did not believe, right? So we see so, so the writer's telling us here that we see that they could not enter in, not because the Lord was rebuking them or because the Lord was withholding from them or the Lord was punishing them, but because of their unbelief. So who was, who was at fault? Who was the reason why they could not enter into the rest of God? It was them, right? And if we could, if we could learn that right there, that all of our woes, all of our, all of our shortcomings in our life, all of the things, everything we deal with that... that uh, that we just can't overcome or that we're failing in is 100% on us. That, that you see, the good, to, to me, that's good news because, well, then if it's all on me, number one, I can do something about it. If it's that guy's fault over there, I'm stuck because, I, you know, that guy's bigger than me or stronger than me. It's got more money than me or whatever it is. If, it's that, if, that's, if that guy over there is the root cause of all my problems, then there's nothing I can do. But if I'm the root cause of all my problems, then I can change. I can start to believe. I can go, Lord, where in my life do I not have faith like I ought to? And he'd be like, would you like a list? You know, one time the Lord, the Lord was speaking to me. He said, he said your problem is uh, that you don't want to live by faith. Now, this is after I've been saved for 15, 20 years or so. You don't want to live by faith which is really kind of a, not a nice thing to say to somebody who's desires to live by faith, right? Your problem, now to see if somebody else would be like, you know, you're just insulting to me. Uh, but if the Lord says it, it's got to be so. He said, what, what you're doing, he said, you, you will on occasion have, this, this way he said it, you will have a faith event. So you need something, you need a job, a car, whatever. You will believe me for that thing, and then once that thing's over, then you're no longer in faith. You just kind of cruise on your own strength and your own ability, your own intelligence until you need something from me, then you get back in faith. He said, you're just having faith events in your life. He said, I said, I want you to live by faith. And, you know, it really, it really rebuked me because, you know, I'm thinking, well, you only need to, you know, pull a case of emergency, right? That's what we think about faith, right? Uh, that everything's fine, we're doing everything on our own, but we've got this little thing on the wall that says, uh, uh, break this glass in case of emergency. Pull this lever, only, if, only emergency. Otherwise, you just take care of life yourself. And that's kind of how we, often we live, is, Lord, I've got this. But if I need you, I'll let you know. And the Lord's like, but I wanted you to live by faith every day, to believe me for everything. Even if you have the ability to do it on your own, I still would like you to believe me for it. That's, what, that's his desire, amen? That's what, what he wants us to do. That's, what he, that's the way he wants us to live. Uh, and so the nice thing about that is who can choose to do that? Well, you can, right? See, there's no, there's no hindrance to you increasing in faith. Nothing. There's, no, there's no, nothing in your life 
that can hinder you and keep you from living by faith if you choose to do it. It's the same thing that, uh, you know, uh, uh, when you get into demonic activity and you get into even uh, demonic possession. You know, the thing about, because God created humanity as a free will. Remember the Gadarene demoniac? You know, there was a legion of devils in him, enough devils in him to cause 2,000 swine to drown themselves, right? Run down the hill. So he had at least 2,000 devils in him. Now, that's a lot of devils, right? I mean, you know, your average, uh, uh, of course, Christians can't be possessed of devils, but your average devil-possessed person, you know, I don't, is there an average? I don't really know what an average, you know, devil-possessed person is, uh, but I, I imagine that it's way less than that, amen? Uh, because there's only one, there's only one primary devil, and, and the other ones just come along for the ride. Uh, but this man was, was uh, strong enough to break chains. So he, he was, a, you know, uh, he had supernatural strength because of the devil possession. But see, uh, even with all those devils, remember when Jesus came and landed on the shore, it says he came and worshiped Jesus. Even though he's fully possessed of the devil, a, there was a spark of life in him that Jesus, all Jesus had to know was there's something in him that wants, that wants to worship me. Doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't have to be. Now, see, he had no ability to get out, get out of it by himself. Once he was fully possessed in that, uh, he had no ability to, in and of himself to get out of it. He needed help from the outside. And so that's why Jesus crossed the entire sea for this one man. That's the only man he preached to was the one man, right? Because when, uh, when everybody found out about it, they all came and asked Jesus to leave. And so uh, he said, well, you go, you, uh, he told the man, you go, you go testify, because they don't want to hear him from me, but they'll hear from you. And he caused a revival. Uh, later on, there was a big revival in that area, and it was all because of that one man. But see, that one man, even though he was possessed of the devil, if, if, if there's a glimmer of, uh, of will in him, I want out of this. The Lord will get him out. And, and so if that works true for a fully possessed uh, person who is possessed with thousands of devils, well, what's that mean for you? Well, I, I, just, I want out of here. Okay, no problem. Here's a list. Here's a way out. Here's a path. Here's all the help you need. Here's the assistance you need. Here's the power you need. Here's the verse you need. Uh, here's, the, here's the supernatural wisdom you need. What, uh, all you have to have is spark. I mean, just, just a, a pulse of desire to get out of your situation the Lord will, will move heaven and earth to assist you. And so that tells us all we got to know right there. You know, some people, I, you know, some people I, you know, I want out. You don't really want out. You know, some people, I, I desperately want out. You don't really want out. Because if you want out bad enough, you would do whatever it took to get out. Amen. Uh, you know, I've had people tell me their struggle with certain areas. And, and I well, here, here's, here's two verses. Just read these two verses every day. Two verses every day. And you go see them. Hey, did you read those verses? Well, you know, I got busy. Two verses? You can't read two verses a day? I mean, if the doctor tells you to take two pills a day, you'd, you'd be like, you know, stop the earth. i got to take my pill. Stop. Everything got to stop. I, you know, we can't you know, drive down the highway. Pull over. i got to take, the, you know, and that's fine, right? Because if the doctor says, you should do that. But if the Lord says, hey, read these two verses, like, oh, that's just so much, Lord. I mean, it's like, like, I mean, total is like 13, 14 words. I mean, wow, Lord, I mean, that's just, you got to think smaller, like, you know, John eleven thirty five, 35, right? Jesus wept. You got any verses like that? Two verses, you know, two words? I mean, you know, I mean, I, maybe I could do that. Maybe. I'll, I'll do it like two days in a row. Uh, and so, uh, 
but a spark of desire will get you out of it. The Lord will move everything to get you the help that you need. Um, and, and so he said they could not enter in because of their unbelief. He wasn't, was the Lord punishing them? He wasn't punishing them. Was the Lord withholding? I'm not, you know, you can't have my rest. You know, mine, 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 not yours. No, their unbelief. So it was their unbelief kept them from entering in. What's causing you from entering into the rest of God? Is, well, I know, I know that was their fault. That's not my problem. God just, he, he just, he's punishing me. You know, the, even the Pentecostal church is full of people who say, well, God put this sickness on me because I did something wrong. And then when they get to heaven, the Lord will be like, I didn't do it. He'll, he'll re- rewind back to, to, back to the point of decision where I'm going to go commit sin. Of course, most people don't say it that way, right? They just go do it. Uh, but he'll, he'll rewind it and show this right here was the moment you said, God doesn't help me. God doesn't, believe, God doesn't do what he says he's going to do. That's the moment when you chose to be in unbelief and made a decision, right? Unbelief is a decision. I choose to read the word of God and say and declare it's not so. That's unbelief. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, now this is to the church, right? Believers with unbelief. It's like, you know, uh, uh, like seeing, uh, uh, I mean, we, we, got a, we got a cat at home, right? So we had one cat, and then Chris said, we have to have two cats, right? Because you, you, one, you can't have just one cat, you have two cats, right? That's like the law. If you got one, you got two. And so I said, well, uh, well don't get no ugly cat, right? Because, you know, some cats are just ugly, you know? And so I said, don't get an ugly cat. Know what I told you? I said, don't get an ugly cat. So we go down, and we go down to the shelter, and it's a beautiful cat. I mean, she's the most, you know, she's just, she's like a Siamese cat. Just, just like she's got a fur, beautiful cat. But she just will sneeze everywhere, right? So it's like this beautiful thing that's got this gross th- feature, you know, and, and that's, that's what an unbelieving believer is, right? Because it's an amazing believer, but they'll sneeze right on you, you know? So you just, you're just petting her, and she's like, wow, wow. And you got to go take a shower, you know? And so it's so, so like this is fatal flaw, this beautiful cat that just will just sneeze everywhere, right? And just do nasty things. And, and so that's kind of an unbelieving believer, right? You have the potential to be this amazing thing, but why don't you believe? Well, I mean, you know, and, and so they'll, well, you know, Sister Doodad, it didn't work for her. Uh, and, so, and so then he, he starts in verse uh, chapter 4. This is where I want to get to. He said, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. So was there a promise left to us that we could enter into his rest? Yeah, this day enter into his rest, right? I mean, that's a, so that's a promise. That means that it's a spoken word that the Lord said, if you come unto me, I will give you what? Rest. rest. So is, does that mean that you have the ability to be in rest? Yeah, a Christian who's not in rest is like a beautiful cat that sneezes on you, right? It's just, wow. I mean, you know, and so... So uh, the, a promise was left to us that we, we have the right to, to be in rest. Not when we're dead, right? I mean, oh, he's resting in peace. He's not resting or not resting. He's just dead. That, that body right there is not doing anything. It's not going, oh, thank you, I'm, I'm resting now. He's not resting. I know we all say that, well, he's resting now. He's not really resting. He, he's dead. That's just, just empty shell. It's, you know, he's somewhere else, right? Hopefully he's in heaven because he's not in heaven. I guarantee he's not resting. Uh, and so, but a, a promise left of us enter. Uh, he said, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left 
us of entering to his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. You know, we should never come short of, of fully entering to the rest of God. You know, what did the Bible say that uh, God did after the sixth day of creation? He rested, right? It wasn't like he's like, oh, I'm exhausted, you know, all this work. I mean, he just said, let there be light. It's not like he actually did anything. His faith did it all, right? And so, but he just rested from it. He didn't do anything else, right? So in, in that sense, he's resting. Uh, and so you have, you have the right to, to rest, to be in rest. He didn't say that everything around you would be at rest. He said, you would be at rest. You enter into rest. Jesus was at rest in the middle of the storm. You know, he didn't, when he got up and he rebuked the storm, the Bible says that there was a great storm. Then later on he rebuked it, and the Bible says there was a great calm. Uh, he, he, it was not required to, for Jesus to be at rest for there to be a great calm. He was at rest in the midst of everything. Well, is that so? Well, it's so. So, so oftentimes, you know, there have been times when in dealing with, with people, in one particular situation, just really struggling with some things. And the Lord said, your problem, you know, of course, you know, when he says that, it's like, this is not my fault. It's everybody else's fault. He said, your problem is you're trying to get somebody else to, uh, to quit causing you difficulty before you can be at peace. And he was right, because I'm thinking, if I, if I could just... Because, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not one who likes to have conflict, right? Some people like to stir things up all the time. And if, if everything's at peace, they'll go through a dead cat in the middle of everything to stir something up, right? I'm not that way. I, I prefer peace, right? I prefer peace between me and everybody else. And, and if somebody's not at peace with me, I would like to, if possible, to, to get that to where there's no, no conflict. But Because you know, Paul said, as, as much as lieth within you, be at peace with all men. But that doesn't mean that all men will be at peace with you, but, it, but you should be at peace with all men. Amen? So as far as I'm concerned, I have no enemies. Right? I got no, I'm, I'm not mad at anybody, not, not, uh, not in, 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 at war with anybody at all. Uh, I, I'm at peace with everybody. Is everybody at peace with me? Well, no. You want a list? There's a whole bunch of people not at peace with me. But I'm at peace with them. Amen? Uh, and so, so he said, you're, you're trying to get uh, uh, this person to be at peace with you before you're at peace. And it really showed me that, well, well, yeah, Lord, because, I mean, I don't want this conflict, right? But, but, he, but what he was showing me is you, you have the ability to be at peace if nobody is in peace with you. And that was hard for me to grasp because this person was just so obnoxious and so rude and so unkind to me for years uh, in a position of authority. And I thought, if I could just get this resolved, I'll be okay. Even my wife was like, well, if you just get it resolved, you'll, you know, if, you'll be okay. She was the same boat I was. And the Lord said, you're wrong. You have to be at peace, regardless if they're ever at peace with you. Uh, and so uh, he said, uh, lest you come short of it. See, I, I had come short of it. Now, the Lord got me out of it by rebuking me. The Lord has rebuked me so many times over the years. Now, and and I, you know, I, I've learned to, it, it doesn't, I mean, not, well, I say it doesn't, you know, sometimes it still hurts my feelings, mostly from the standpoint of, Lord, I'm, I'm just so sorry I disappointed you, you know, in the sense that, uh, I came short of living at peace, you know, so it, just from the standpoint of, you know, I, I want to, I want to honor the Lord. I want to honor his word. I want to honor his spirit. And then when he shows me that I've come short of that, you know, it, it bothers me. 
not from a condemnation standpoint, it just bothers me because I don't want to be that guy, right? You want to be that guy? Oh, I don't care, you know, I just come short of it all the time. You know, some people, they don't care. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, it's like, well, I, mean, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I, if the Lord says, I can live this way, then I want to live that way. And if I'm not living that way, if I come short of it, you know, to, to, that, and sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't even recognize it because you're not paying enough attention, and you realize, wow, Lord, I, I've come short of your faith. Because that's what he told me, right? You don't want to... You want to have a faith event, but you don't want to live by faith. You want to be at peace, but, you, but your requirement of being at peace is if everybody's at peace with you. Oh, uh, well, uh, okay. You know, because I thought that was okay. You know, that's just, isn't, isn't that normal? You know, that, that I'll be okay when, when, when they're okay with me. And the, and the problem is there was nothing I could do about it. You know, some people, they're just, they're just mean people. And no matter what you do, they're still going to be mean people. You go, hey, are we okay? Yeah, we're great. And as soon as you step away from them, they go, yeah, he's a jerk. I mean, right there, you know. Uh, I mean, one time there's, with my pastor, I, I went in when there was that conflict with me and my pastor, I, I went into to his office. I said, I just want to get this resolved. You know, there's, whatever this conflict is, but I just want to get this resolved. And I was sincere about it. I go, yeah, we're fine. No problem. That was on a Wednesday afternoon. That same night, that, at 7 o'clock at that service, he stood up and said, Chip Bolio is trying to take over this church. Like five seconds ago, you said we're fine. Now you're, you're, you're accusing me publicly from the pulpit that I'm trying to take over you. Uh, and I'm like, can I go back to the office? Can I go back to where we were at the office? See, what, what are you going to do about that? You can't fix that. And see, I thought, until that gets resolved, I can't be at peace. And, and I was 100% wrong. I, I, he said, I came short of living in rest. I came short. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the conflict. It wasn't on the pastor's side. It was on my side. And once I learned, you know, I can be at rest regardless if everybody in the world hates me. Now, everybody that hate me, a lot of people love me, but there's a one or two people who just, one person said, if you, if you was on fire, I wouldn't spit on you to put you out. A child of God said those words. Can you, can you, can you imagine saying those words to your worst enemy? I wouldn't spit on you to put you out. I mean, it's like, what are you thinking about? All, are you really, I can be, who, who spends that much time thinking about that? You know what? If I had this scenario, I was walking down the road, you know, and all of a sudden this telephone pole fell over and burst into flames and caught this guy on fire, and I was right there, and it was my enemy. I, I, who, are you really thinking like that? I mean, you went through this whole scenario. You're thinking, uh, you know, you're, you were in sin way before the spitting part, right? Way before, yeah, I, I hope that he burst into flames, you know, and, and you're way in sin, desiring ill towards what you consider your enemy. Even though as a child, you're so far in sin. I mean, that's that is. A, I mean, that's just an amazing amount of sin. Now they'll go to heaven, and and, and when when I show up at heaven beside it, they're like, "What? I can't believe you made it." Oh yeah, I made it. I'm glad you did too. You know. Now they will be glad for me, I'm sure, when we get there. Uh, but between now and then, they're like, "Yeah, you know, I hope you just burst into flames, because if I'm anywhere near, I'm not going to spit on you." He said, for unto us, verse 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. See, now this right here, the beginning of verse 2, everybody's on the same playing field. They got it so easy. You got the same exact options as I do. Why is it so easy for you to live in faith? You get the same exact word I was preached to. No different. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Everybody has the same seed, right? Who's, who, what is the seed? The seed is the word of God. You, you must just have a better translation than I do. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. I got a better translation. Somehow I got a better translation of the Bible 
and, and somehow that makes it better than you, what you've got, right? For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Wow. So the word of God profited the writer, right? For unto us was the same gospel preached as unto them, but it didn't do them any good. Did them no good. Well, why didn't it do them any good? Because it was not, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into the rest. As I have said, I have sworn in my wrath that they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So uh, he said, we which have believed do enter into rest. So, so how do you enter into rest? What's the only ingredient you need? Faith, faith right? Yeah. Uh, of course, what, what's the... What's the the, there, there's, uh, I say the only ingredient, but there's two parts, right? The first part is the actual word of God. But the second part is mix it with faith, right? It says it did them no good not being mixed with faith. You know, it's, I was thinking about this just earlier. You know, you can go down to the grocery store and you can buy, uh, because like when, when, I would, when I was single, this is what I would do. I'd go down there and you'd look for, you know, you look for like pancake mix, right? Waffle mix, whatever. You look for pancake mix. Uh, and, and it says, you know, instructions. You know, get two eggs, and I'm, oh, that's too much, right? And you go to the next box, right? Uh, uh, get some milk, like, oh. you go to the next box, mixed with water only. That's the box I want right there. That, eggs and, and milk, that's exhausting. There's no way I can do that. It's too much work, right? You get the box, water only. Now, Chris, she makes it all from scratch, right? She goes down, and she, she's up there raising the wheat, you know, and she picks the wheat, and she grinds the wheat, and I mean, it's like, wow. And she loves doing that. You know, I'm glad she does because it makes amazing pancakes and waffles. No, that's not for me. That's not. I need it simple, right? It's got to be simpler than that. Okay, all you got to do is, is uh, mix faith with the Word of God. That's it. Well, can I just do it just with the Word of God only? Like, I can't make it any easier. I mean, it, it can't be any easier than only add water. Okay, where's the one where I don't have to do anything? It's called Waffle House. That's, what, that's how you get it with it. Do you go down and somebody else has done all the work for you. Well, nobody else can have faith for you, right? Yeah, and, so that, and that's what you're stuck with, right? It's like, okay, I, is there an option? You know, you got the, you got the mix everything, you got the, just the two eggs and the milk, and then you got just, just the water, and there's nothing past that, right? It's like you can't get a pre-mixed uh, already, you know, just it's already cooked, right? I guess you can. That's called egos, right? The frozen, frozen waffles, right? I guess you know they got that there. But um, but he said he said the issue is you only had one ingredient you had to supply. The word of God was fully capable. You had to you had to supply one ingredient of faith. That was all you had to do. And people are like it's so hard. It's so hard living for God. All you could do is just believe it. It's just okay, yeah. I've had people tell me, I, I just really struggle with faith. What, what did it, have you ever met the Lord? I mean, are you saved? He literally called you a believer. Yes. That means he put in you, Romans 12, 3 says, he's given every man the measure of faith. Yes. Every man has the ability, well, I, just, I, I don't want to use it. You know, you've got uh, uh, somebody who's got all the tools they're ever, ever made. You're like, I need help. I, I can't hang a picture. Well, what are all those tools you got? I, I'd have to pick up a hammer and it's exhausting. I, I can't do it. But you've got everything you need. You got nails, yeah. You got you got a wall, yeah. You got a hammer, yeah. Uh, well, can you do it? No, I can't do it. But you've got everything. All you have to do is just pick it up. Uh, 
Uh, and the Lord has provided all this work for us. He provided this word for us, which includes healing. And all we have to do is mix that word that the Lord has, has sent his word and healed us. We have to take that word. We mix it with our, I choose to believe it. So I have to mix my faith with that word. He said, uh, uh, he said it, it will profit you if you will mix the word of God with faith. But see, if you only have the word of God and you never apply faith to it, it's, it's the same result as if you had no word of God at all, which is sad, right? But if we just had one word that God would heal us, you've got hundreds of words that God would heal you. Yeah, but I, I need a better word. I need more words than what he gave to me. More words that he sent his word and healed you. More than that, that I am the Lord who healeth thee. More, more than, than who, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. Well, you need more than that. I need, I need more than that. Well, well, what more could you have than that? I don't know what more you can. All you can do is just take a little bit of faith, right? Uh, just a little bit of faith and mix it with the word of God and you can enter into rest. And that's, isn't that what he says? He said, uh, it, it did, it's the same word preached to us as unto them, but it didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. So, you know, when people tell me, you know, the word of God doesn't work for me. Then what they're saying, of course, they don't, they don't, they don't want to accept it. Oh, well, you didn't add your one ingredient. Because the same word preached to you was preached to me, and, and I'm doing fine. No difference, right? Uh, do, uh, you must have a special word. No, same. He said, same word, same gospel preached to them as unto us. Same word, no different. Well, how come they're so successful and I, and I fail? Well, I mean, it, it tells you right there, right? Tell, tells you, you know, you, 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 you ever buy something and at the end of the, end of the instructions, the troubleshooting guide? Uh, if, if this light comes on, this is what the problem is, right? If it doesn't work, this is what the problem is. And, and if you tell me it's not working, the troubleshooting guide. Okay, there's only, one, only ever one solution, not mixing with faith. You didn't mix it with faith, did you? You know, the, 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 the tech support people, first thing they always ask, what's the first thing they always ask you? Have you, have you plugged it in? Right? That's what, first, is it plugged in? Oh, well, of course it is. And you're like, oh, I don't really know. And you look anyway, you know, and... And then you hang up, and you don't even say, you, you, you realize it wasn't plugged in, you just hang up. You know, is that way you're not shamed into, you know, oh, yeah, I never plugged it in, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, uh, how many people have done that, right? Because it's simple. You know, it, you know, it just won't work if you don't plug it in. Really? What? And so, uh, how many times is the root cause is just we didn't mix it with faith. We, we saw the word. But we never actively said, I choose to believe that word is so. Because he said they had doubting hearts. They had evil hearts of unbelief. They had hard hearts. But it never said they had believing hearts. Uh, and, so, and so they never, they, you know, they heard the same word. You know, it's always amazing how two people can hear the same word in church and one person could be completely a failure, one person could be completely successful, same word. And then they'll come up with every excuse why they're not successful. My mama, my daddy, you don't know how I was raised. You know, I remember talking to a grown man. I can't be successful because my single mom didn't raise me perfectly. Not mixed with faith. Because it didn't say the word will profit you as long as your mama raised you right. I mean, is that in there somewhere? Did you read that verse? I didn't read that verse. And see, when I read that, I go, you know, I was raised by a pack of wolves, and yet somehow I, I have the right to be successful because... I can mix the word of God with faith. He says, whatsoever things you desire, believe that you receive, they shall have them. It's like, oh, I can do that. 
That's what it says. Oh, I can do that. And, and there's no struggle. I'm a believer. I'm designed by, spiritually by God to be able to believe. It's not hard to believe. It's, not, it's so hard to believe. It's not hard to That's a lie. You're just lying. It's not true. You're, not mixing, you're just choosing not to believe. Because the, the root of all faith is I choose to believe that the word of God is so. It's all faith is. I, choose, I, I read it and I look at it and go, yeah, that's true. And, and, you know, sometimes I even ask the Lord, I'll be reading something, and I say, Lord, is that first true? I know the answer to that, but, but, I, but I'm doing that to help me. I'm doing it to, to, to get my mind uh, to, to acknowledge that, yes, that is true. Uh, and, and sometimes you have to verbally, this verse is true. If I can enter, if it says I can enter into his rest, that's a true verse. And all I have to do to get to his rest is simply believe. That's it. I don't have to have anything fixed in my life. I can, I can be at rest right now. That, that, is that pretty good? I think it's a pretty good uh, deal, right? So that, that means it's 100% on me, not on my circumstances. If I could just, if I could just you know, land this big contract, I, I'll be at rest. No, you should be at rest before the contract ever arrives. Amen. Uh, and so... Uh, so let, let, let's, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, she's got some other things to talk about, but we'll have picked up next week. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you that we have the right and the privilege to mix, mix your word with faith. Father, it's literally one ingredient that we have to add uh, to your word to cause uh, change in our lives. So Father, we choose to do that. We choose to read your word diligently. But Father, we choose to read your word and then believe it and do exactly what it says. And if it says we can ask what we will, then, Father, we just simply believe it. Well, then that's exactly what, what it is. If we can ask what we will, then we will ask what we will. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And, Lord, we, we just want to tell you how much we appreciate you providing a, such a, a wonderful word to us, uh, that you've provided this word of God to us, Father, that has all power available in it if we just choose to mix it with faith. And so we thank you for that, Father. And we give you all praise and honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, the, the, those, those verses for the, the chapter 3 and chapter 4 of Hebrews, they're really powerful verses. You really have to go back and read them and, and be careful that, you know, some people read those things and they get so condemned. But you should read them to be so inspired. Lord, Lord I don't have to be this way. I can enter into your rest. If I just mix it with faith, same words preached to me as preached to everybody else. And if they could be successful, I could be successful. That's why I like, you know, following folks like Brother Hagen. He was in the ministry 70 years. Successful. Same word preached to him as preached to me. Well, if he could be successful, then, then see, I look at that and go, then if he can do it, I can do it. Not out of pride, but, but he, he uh, blazed a trail for us. Amen. He did it with success, then I can do it with success. Amen. Because some people, if nobody's ever been successful, somebody will say, well, then it, nobody can do it. Well, then that's why the Lord needs to raise up a Brother Hagen every generation or so and show us how, how it can be done. Amen. Uh, and so let's get ready to receive this afternoon's uh, offering. Uh, and um, th this particular chapter is living in joy. Uh, and, uh, you know, the nice thing about that is we have the right to live in joy all the time. Fullness of joy, right? He said that your joy may be full. Uh, that, that's a pretty good deal, right? That we have the right to have full joy. Amen. Uh, let's pray as we receive today's offering. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you, Father, that it's an honor to give into your kingdom. We thank you, Father, that as we give, that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into our bosom. 
We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all right. Come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And um, happy rest of Father's Day, right? And so, um, uh, it's uh, middle of June, right? So, that's amazing, isn't it? We'll pick this up uh, next week, and we're getting close to the end of this book here. We've got the, the next book uh, that we're going to be looking at, and um, uh, I think I've told you about the, the, it was in my heart several years ago for the Lord to, for us to review books, uh, and we don't use them as, as uh, uh, we, we just you really use them to, to have a point of discussion. Uh, and so just because it's written doesn't mean we believe everything in a book. We believe everything in the Bible, but we don't believe everything in a book. Amen. So sometimes on occasion we will have to correct some of these things, not to say that they're just wrong, but, you know, this book was written 100 years ago. Uh, it's pretty good, but there's a few things that we, we need to address in there, which we have, right? And so, uh, but it, it's good to see the insight and wisdom that other people had. Uh, and so, uh, and, and that's really why we do that. Amen. Uh, and so we're not beholden anybody in particular. Uh, but um, someone told me, well, you're, you, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. I don't care. I don't, you know, that's what we're going to do. That's what the Lord showed me to do. That's what we're going to do. It's like, it's dumb. I mean, well, just get it on your own. Okay, fine, whatever. You know, uh, that sounds like an evil heart of unbelief to me. But um, anyway, praise God. We'll have a wonderful week. Lord, be blessed. We'll see you next Sunday.